Miracy. Well, I think the obviously like family and companionship and all of those things. That's not obvious. That's not no no. It's not obvious. That's not obvious. Mm-mm. That doesn't just oh I'm successful and now I have family. No. <laughs> is yeah, that what you think? That that is true. That is true. I'm Esco Wilson, and this is the Self-Awakened Lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle designer and performance coach. I've helped hundreds of professionals learn how to tap into the power of their innate potential and thrive on a whole new level. I've seen lives change. I've seen my own life change. And I wanna help more people. That's what this podcast is all about, bringing my own experiences together with scientific principles, and holistic practices to help listeners enhance their personal and professional performance. In each episode, I guide my guests through a difficult issue or challenge. And through the mind-body-spirit connection, we will expand what's possible. My guest today is Alex V. Alex's experience during this session reminds me of a story from my past. So my story is not about the first time I sold drugs, but the first time I officially engaged in drug dealing behavior. Friends of mine who I grew up with in high school, my best friends, they had already been involved with drug dealing and they were relatively successful for our little neighborhood, for where we were coming from. And somehow, the idea came up that I would drive them to New York City and essentially be their chauffeur. I had an old beat up car and for some reason they felt that it would make it seem like some, you know, a bunch of young college kids just driving and we wouldn't invoke suspicion from cops if we were to get pulled over or something like that. And it was uneventful externally. If you're watching the videotape, you just see me, my friend, and his brother, his older brother, drive to New York. I park, they go handle their business, they come back, and we drive back. But internally, if you had a map of the autonomic nervous system, <laughs> if you had a map of my pulmonary system, of how much energy I was using at the moment during that ride, it would tell a completely different story than a simple drive. Something happened internally that transformed my life. Something that I wasn't prepared for. Something that I could not foresee. And it, instead of making decisions on top of that fear and that anxiety and decisions that are more in alignment with my core values of trying to be successful, yes, but doing in a way that's sustainable and do it in a way that I can share with my family, my mother and my father, I created a different narrative on top of the roller coaster ride experience that was happening inside of me. When I hopped into that car and became a chauffeur and introduced myself to drug dealing. I chose Alex because he truly inspired me with his determination to work with me, 
to experience a little bit more of our initial interactions in a large group yoga class. In the middle of the session, he dislocates his shoulder. And he has techniques in that extreme moment on how to slide his shoulder back in. And I love that story because there is no extra narrative around it. It's my shoulder popped out of place. I don't want it to be popped out of place. And I know how to place it back in. Okay, Alex. How you doing, my friend? Doing good. Good as always. The yoga session's been helping me pretty pretty good. Ah, yeah, we've been playing around with a little bit of yoga. You have an amazing voice, your accent. It's very, very soothing. <laughs> Thank you, you. What, t- tell, me, tell me a little bit about your background. So I'm from Estonia. I started my professional career as a talent scout because my dream of being a model wasn't uh, really fulfilled since I was too short and not uh, good looking enough for that. I basically got kicked out from school. I was more interested in being part of the fashion world and started scouting models on the streets, uh, doing photography, opened up my photo studio. Five years uh, fast forward, I had uh, one of the most successful agencies in my country. And uh, I decided that after another breaking point in my life, after a breakup, that I need to step up my game and go to a different level. So after five years of running this agency, I sold it and I went to New York uh, in hopes of uh, chasing my dreams. So I came here, met uh, two agencies, and then that's where I started basically scouting at the next levels of things, working with the biggest agency in the world traveling to different countries like Brazil, China, Russia, in pursuit of the next top model. As of now, I decided to leave the fashion industry. I went into tech. So first, we built AI solutions for the modeling agency. So we scanned uh, social media and used artificial intelligence to analyze the geometry of the face to uh, find model-looking people. After that... (laughs) um, I decided that uh, crypto is a much more interesting space to be in. Uh, now I'm part of a, a charity project. Uh, we It's called Baby Doge. We have donated over $750,000 to dog shelters. And we're basically building a community of uh, people who love dogs and uh, like to contribute to the shelters. Wow. All right. That's an amazing story. I'm very, very curious about the decision to switch from this big time job and say, I'm done with it. Tell me the moment where you knew I'm done with this. I actually already knew before I joined Elite um, because it wasn't giving me the same fulfillment as it was uh, giving me when I just started pursuing this whole dream of being in the fashion industry, being an agent. So the reason I, I decided to still pursue it was because I imagined it like I'm big on visualizing what I want to have, what I, what I dream about. So I still had to get this job and still had to fulfill my dream, even though I didn't want it anymore. But Tell me the I dream. Saw, well, the, the dream was uh, me being from a very average middle income family from Estonia and for Estonia. Average? Middle- Hold on. Average? What's average? What does that mean? Well, it means like $1,000 a month uh, income which for Estonia is uh, an average income. So it's like, say, my family wasn't... I I didn't come from money, to say the least. 
So dreaming from going from a small country with one million people and a very um, common lifestyle to the lifestyle of working at the biggest agency in the world. Tell me common lifestyle. Common lifestyle is the lifestyle which uh, means that having a job that is like a nine to five, earning living income, not uh, building wealth. Um, and not being able to do the things that you want to do whenever you want to do them. So we're basically giving a deeper awareness and understanding of your dream by understanding what was occurring before you had these opportunities in your mind, what was occurring in your culture, in your family. These are the things that help engineer who you are as a man now. So the internal narrative inside your mind the triggers inside your body are in a lot of ways born from this average small country lifestyle, typical lifestyle existence. At least that's the narrative that you're creating for yourself. That's the book that you've written about your life. How fair is that? This sounds very correct. I think the fact that my family had before the crisis, they had more ability to show me the world. So they allowed crisis? me to travel. Hold on. Crisis? Like the 2008... Uh, um, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. They had more disposable money that they managed to show me the world. I mean, they managed to take me to like uh, the French Alps to see what it's like to ski there. And they gave me the taste of life. And when that all went Just away... You? No siblings? I had my brother as well, yeah. How old is your brother? Um, he's very, he has a very different life. He's, uh, we don't really speak. Um, Ooh. we are very different people. So you're in this household, small country, average lifestyle, income. You have a brother. How come both of you are not average? What happened to you? I would say that my brother is still where he is. Like, uh, he's still in Estonia. He's still doing the things he used to do. So he does live a lifestyle that I would not be willing to live and accept. So that would make me a miserable person if I would live like he does. Where we are designed from, we have our culture, we have our society, we have our nuclear family, the home we were raised in, the bedroom we slept in. I'm inferring Alex and his brother growing up together, have many, many primal moments together where things got triggered, where emotions were very explosive and their bodies reacted in a certain way. It's what the body chose to do during that moment. And we want to recognize that that moment is now ingrained in us. So Alex and his brother growing up together, they're linked with one another. And I'm hearing they don't really correspond as much. I think that's very, very impactful. And I want him and I want you to think about what are those primal moments growing up that had a very large impact on my life? What was happening in my body when I started to create the future patterns that make me who I am today? Upon reflection, where might Alex begin to recognize that 
his ability to find homeostasis in those moments with his brother has a lot to do with who he is today. So not just some negative narratives that he chooses to associate with, how can we begin to explore those moments where he really, really got developed and really found his ability for self-mastery at a very young age, his ability to explore homeostasis when emotions were primal and triggered. I believe what I was hearing in Alex is a mindset that was limited. Okay, this is what I'm hearing, that the way my brother has accepted to live or even cherishes the way he lives, I've decided that it doesn't work for me. Okay, so that's a very impactful type of energy. It does have an impact with our nucleus, where we were designed from. So we're definitely moving away from where we're coming from. Uh, I think a lot of this had an impact of me reading uh, a book when I was really young about manifestation and how whatever you desire, you can achieve. And ever since reading that book, this became my reality. I was able to dream things. When did you read this book? Just, I think I was like uh, probably 15 or 14. Wow. Really, like uh, really young. And, and it had profound impact on me. I started uh, visualizing, I started thinking about things, and out of the blue, they just started becoming reality. And it feels like some kind of magic, but I can rationalize it. I got to hear an example. I, I want to see the 15-year-old boy creating magic. So it started with very basic things. Like I was thinking, okay, what uh, can I do to get the most beautiful girls and, and be wanted by girls? So then I visualized it. Okay, I need to learn those things. I need to learn how to dress well. I need to learn how to do massages. I need to learn uh, how to uh, speak. <laughs> so <laughs> I signed up for a massage course. Uh, I learned uh, Swedish classical massage, which in the future was so much benefit for me because it helped me when I was starting my photo studio. So I was working as a masseuse to pay for my studio and support myself. So this is me advocating for your homeland, okay? So at 15, 16, 17, yes, you have a dream, which might be average, but yet and still you manifest it. It wasn't like, oh, I come from money. Daddy, mommy, give me money so I can start my dream. It was no. Let me pick up a book on manifestation. Let me actualize the information from this book at 15, 16. Let me start to see a step-by-step progression to build the life that I want. And that's not coming from a person with money. That's coming from you. A million people in your country, average family. So that's just me defending your brother and your mother and your father. I love them very much. And uh, I mean, it's not even defending. I think that if they gave me everything, I wouldn't be who I am. So I think a lot of it is affected by the circumstances that I was given. I got the taste of life that it was taken away from me. I learned about the power of being able to achieve whatever you want to achieve if you put the energy and the time and the thought to it. And that led me to getting absolutely everything that I wanted so far in life. And now starting to put new goals into place and moving to next things. I love it. Okay. So getting a, a nice feel for who I'm talking to. The little, the creature that you are is <laughs> very fascinating. I must say, I'm somewhat blown away 
by what I'm hearing. You know, a lot of us have a story. And how many languages you speak? Three languages. I mean, you know, somebody who can speak multiple languages has been around the world, very independent, thinks from his own frame of thought. He creates his own path. He designs his own structures. So you're 29. What are you building now for your life as you move forward? That's something that I was in the process of figuring out. I feel like I almost reached some kind of a plateau because I've achieved absolutely everything that I wanted to achieve that I visualized for myself. So now I need to figure out what is the next step in the bigger picture for me, not what I'm going to do a year from now, but what I want to do five years from now, 10 years from now. Okay. You're 44 and you wake up in the morning. What are you waking up to? I'm waking up to the problems that I need to solve and the business goals I need to pursue. I'm a workaholic and I like to create. So I'm all about creation, about projects and interesting challenges. So that's all I wish for. That's all you wish for. Okay. So you wake up in the morning and you have the most successful business that you can imagine. That's all you want. Well, I think the obviously like family and, and companionship and all of those That's not things. obvious. That's not, no, no, it's not obvious. That's not obvious. Mm -mm. That doesn't just, oh, I'm successful and now I have family. No. <laughs> is that what you think? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Actually, that's probably one of the reasons I'm probably better at work than relationships. Ooh, hold up. <laughs> what? Okay, hold on. Let's take, let's take a step back. All right, so did you hear what you just said? Yes, I did. Say it in Russian first. Мне работа получается лучше, чем отношения. What's the second language? Estonian. Say it in Estonian. What did you say? My work uh, happens better than my relationships. Okay. Let's talk about that. When I was in the fashion industry, I used to be always surrounded by people. So obviously you meet people in the fashion world, you date people in the fashion world. I like to combine my relationship with my work and then this sometimes can hurt. Uh, there are other things that I feel should be improved in terms of like how I communicate, the things that I want. So you're better at work, you're stuck in your relationships. What's going on? What's stopping you? What's stopping me? I think that I may not be... I'm very demanding towards people, and that could be frustrating to, to people. And uh, I expect a lot, I give a lot. Uh, and a lot of people are not willing to give as much as you are, and you shouldn't expect as much as you give. I mean, there are a lot of things. It's very complicated to just like say it in a few sentences. What, do you, what kind of relationship do you want? I want uh, a life partner who is... Married? At the moment. Do you want to be married? Oh, I want to be married because... You want children? Uh, um, probably in the future, yes. Do you want children? I think in the future, yes. But I don't imagine myself having kids right now. You might lose too much independence? Exactly, yeah. Hmm. Like, I want to be able to jump on a plane tomorrow and fly to Antarctica if I want to. And I don't want anyone to tell me that I can't or put any kind of boundaries. Hmm. 
So you're saying there's a lot of other stuff on top of what you just said that makes relationships hard for you? I have probably a difficult personality or, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of things. Tell me about that. Difficult personality in terms of, so I I could say that this dualistic being inside of me uh, that can become very cold when things don't go as I expect it to go. So I become like a different person. I can be a very loving person and and, uh, people love me. But then if people turn me off, then I can become really cold and really distant. So you choose that or you're saying I have no control over that or you choose to be very cold? I, I think I, I don't have control. I don't have... I've stop, tr- stop, 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 stop right there. Stop right there. Take a few breaths. I can't let you move forward with that. Take a few breaths. So in this moment, Alex is talking as if he's a puppet who's overwhelmed by emotions. And in this situation, he's creating a story that essentially invalidates his experience. I'm overwhelmed by emotions, and because of the way that I am, this coldness takes over me. I'm asking Alex in this moment to really think about what is happening when we experience emotional overload. I want him to think about what's concrete and what's tangible. Really what's happening instead of emotional overwhelm, it's my hands are cold, my heart is pounding. The reason why I want Alex to stop his narrative and the reason why I want us to take a step back and look at the stories that we tell ourselves is because we have an opportunity for self-mastery. And self-mastery is taking responsibility for our mental models, taking responsibility for the stories that we tell ourselves, no matter the situation. So I had to stop him and let him hear himself create this story that's only gonna keep him further away from the type of relationship that really starts to take hold when he shows up in his core values, in his ideal, principled way, when the emotions are very, very, very heavy and powerful. That's when his, the relationship he wants will begin to emerge. I will say that I choose not to be able to control it in the moment when it happens because uh, emotions take over and those emotions, they trigger a specific uh, response. What do you want to choose in that moment? So you, ha- you met somebody, you feel connected to this person in your body. When you think about moving forward, it makes sense. It resonates. It actually elevates. It arouses you on an emotional level. When you think long term, you see it clearly. You believe it. You're like, this is it. And in a lightning strike moment, human beings are meeting each other in default, and they're arguing. What do you want to choose to do in that moment? Well, the right answer is to not... The right answer is what you want. What do you want to do? Well, what What I want to do do is... In that that scenario, (laughs) what do you want to do? Um, (laughs) I want them to... um... (laughs) You want them... (laughs) 
Stop it. Stop. Hold on. We got, let me send you a meditation. You put a pin in that. Let's, oh man. Okay. okay. That's the, so, you, so you, not, you make, go ahead. Go ahead. You're making me, it's like hot in here. And I'm also like thinking about this and like, it's quite an, like an intense uh, thing to process. It's making me sweat. <laughs> I want to find a resolution to the problem that is a win-win for both people involved in this conflict. But we know how conflicts go, and, and stop, obviously, stop, yes, there's stop, a lot. Stop, of, yeah. stop, 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 stop it. You're in your mind. You're talking your way. You're intellectualizing. How fair is that? I don't know. I feel like right now I'm in the autopilot mode. Ah, I got you revved up because you got to defend yourself and it's hard to defend yourself in this situation. And if I'm wrong, great. You, you already have your defenses up so you can debate. I love it. Debate. So feel free to debate. I'm actually seeing why I can't have a long relationship the way I want. In that moment, I choose to stay defensive. I could, I could be responsive. I'm a master of, of my situation. I manifest what I want and I chose, I choose if it's not going to be easy, I, buy, I bow out. So you manifest the ability to escape. If it's not going to be smooth in the way I want every time, I'm bouncing. I got other big plans. I'm going to another country. I'm going to another career. I'm out. If it's not going to be smooth and euphoric and blissful, and that's what I'm hearing. That's exactly right. Okay. So yeah, it's good that you're sweating. I love it. <laughs> it's good that you are triggered. No, it's, it's perfect because this is arousal. This is hyper arousal. And we want that. That's your defensive side. It's very protective. It's doing its job. It's supposed to pick your guns up. It's supposed to get your defenses up. So you're ready. You're ready to either attack or you're ready to shut this thing down, symbolically speaking. And we can program right now. We can do some engineering right now. So Alec revealed that he couldn't think. He was having an overwhelming primal experience. Now for me, this is the absolute most fertile ground for nervous system regulation training. He gets a chance to observe himself. He's exploring the potential of his primal energies when guided by core beliefs and values. Without that explosive reactionary moment where he begins to freeze the deep transformative work that I like to see Alex engage in, that I like to see all of us engage in, the reprogramming of our triggers, the ability to harmonize our nervous system, that deep work doesn't happen. So anytime when working with Alex or any of my clients, I want them to say, boom, here we are. We're at the fork in the road. Now let's pause and let's find homeostasis. Here's how. Scan your body, identify your breath, and allow yourself to see your skills, your nervous system skills. Notice how you change the internal story first in your body, the somatic experience, so that it provides a comfortable, rich, fertile ground for a homogenous mind, for intuitive thinking, where you can feel your body processing your narrative. If you're stuck in a defensive mode, it's very challenging to process a more complete story. As he slows down and his thoughts become more complete and he can start to create the visualizations, 
He can start to create his meaning. He starts to develop his mental model so he can predict what he would do moving forward as he builds the relationship that he really wants. Notice your heartbeat. Notice your nervous system. So the body is alert, hypervigilant. It's reactive, it's awake. Instead of becoming defensive and recoiling into default, into primal, focus on the inhalation and watch heat cool down, watch tension release. The word, expanding. That's the inhalation, expanding. The word, consciousness on the exhalation. I'll share my experience. So my inhale sounds like expanding. My exhale sounds like consciousness. Expanding. Consciousness. Expanding. Consciousness. Expanding. Consciousness. On your next inhale, hold the breath in. Eyes open, very light. Every cell, like a balloon. Close your eyes. The breath through your skin, let it move through your skin. Imagine. Disagreement. Heated exchange. Notice your internal reactions in this moment of heated exchange. Watch from a distance who you are being. Feel the reactions internal to the body in this moment. Feel the triggers in this moment of heated exchange. Feel the heat, feel the tension. Breathe into the heat, breathe into the tension. Notice reaction shift into a response. Think about your values. Feel what resonates. Who do you want to be? Notice who you're being in this moment. Notice the breath cadence. Notice any thoughts. The beauty of the siren is He's watching himself recover into a beautiful sympathetic ease. And then there is extreme stimulus from his external world. It's a beautiful opportunity to train for self-mastery. He wants self-mastery. He'll accept peace and equanimity, but are we really engaged in self-mastery? So critical question, can he remain in a dreamlike state while the siren stimulates his external reality? If he can, he just might experience spontaneous meditation where the brain shifts from a low beta, high alpha state and sparks into a gamma state. And a lot of high performers know that as being in the zone. And in the zone, 
This is where his self-mastery abilities begin to transcend all that he has ever been. Absorb the sound into the body. Notice how it's not always easy. Manifest resiliency to stay responsive, mature, elevated, expand consciousness, even when it's challenging. Notice any difficulties strengthening you, any obstacles. You become more wise as you overcome these obstacles. Notice. Notice the opportunity to elevate yourself in these challenging moments. You're 44 and you're just waking up in the morning. It's silent. What life are you waking up to? It's a beautiful New York high-rise building apartment, high floor, glass window, lots of light, white. The bed sheets are light color, so it's kind of, the light shines in. I have a beautiful person next to me who is before whom I wake up and feel happy waking up next to and get um, the emotional charge and feeling of purpose for going out and uh, doing the things that I'm doing work-wise to create a beautiful life for myself, us, and our family. The business that I work in is most likely something remote, not an actual office, just a nice office where I work by myself or with one or two people. That's what I visualize right now. Alec, my brother. That was... um. That's a true blessing for me, man. I, I have to do some, some deep study to, to discover the words, to share how I feel right now. Sharing this moment with you, I really, really, really appreciate it. I think this is a beautiful place to land the plane. This was an amazing experience. I cherish you. I honor you, my brother. And I got you on tape. <laughs> So we got to execute all these visions. (laughs) For sure. All right, my friend. For sure. Thank you so much for this journey. So this entire episode, we've been talking about the fertile ground for nervous system regulation training. And lo and behold, the universe decides to give us the absolute perfect laboratory for self-regulation in our nervous system. He's starting to calm down. He's able to see himself. He becomes the observer of himself and his situation. And as the observer, he's no longer a puppet. He's the puppet master who can embody his experience while watching himself. Watching the external environment scream with this siren 
but experience continuous peace and equanimity. The more time he spends as the observer of himself, as the person who can remain a witness during distractions, during complexity, during heating exchange, there's a beautiful moment of spontaneous meditation that's available for him. And in this moment of spontaneous meditation, he truly becomes the observer of himself, the embodied witness of self, creating his life in the moment. And that's transcending self-mastery. That's something that goes beyond practices and techniques and willpower and discipline. That's simply being the beautiful, amazing person that he is. And we all have that chance. We all have that opportunity. So maybe we should all practice meditations with a siren and see what happens. Beautiful training ground. I am Esco Wilson, and you've been listening to The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. You can find out more about me at theselfawakenedlifestyle.com. I'd like to thank Alex V for coming to the show today. The Self-Awakened Lifestyle is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes shows like Soul Savvy Business. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Eney is our executive producer and post-production was by Post Office Sound. So you don't miss upcoming episodes. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.